Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, a junior at Santa Clara. And today I have the great privilege of sharing my conversation with Tanya Monsef Bunger. She is an incredible woman, a global business consultant and executive coach with over 25 years of experience in Silicon Valley high tech startups, nonprofits and all different sectors. Um, and she works at Santa Clara. She's the Dean's Executive Professor at the Levy School of Business and the Program Director of the Global Fellows Program, which is an internship program run through the business school where students work for a variety of organizations abroad and gain some amazing skills and experiences in the process. We cover a lot of ground in this conversation, including the birth of Tanya's entrepreneurial spirit and how her childhood and time studying at Santa Clara as a student informed her later jobs and her career path. We talk about decision-making and the three elements um, that Tanya uses to make decisions based on her values. We talk about her one-word themes that guide each year, advice she has for students, her year abroad living in Turkey, her career mission, the value of global citizenship and what that means. Um, We discuss all of those things and much more. So let's get into it. Enjoy this conversation with Tanya Monsef Bunker. I'd love to start actually in your childhood. So when we were talking before, you mentioned that uh, your parents owned some restaurants growing up. So what, what was that like growing up in, in your family? Yeah, so my parents um, both are foreign, and they met here in Silicon Valley on a blind date. And so I grew up as a first-generation American, and my parents you know, didn't have U.S. education here. And so they, my dad was working as a busboy, actually, and a waiter, and somehow uh, decided to buy a restaurant with a partner. And so over their years, they, they had four restaurants at one time. And yeah, they were here in Silicon Valley. They were kind of the, the fancy restaurants here in Silicon Valley. So Silicon Valley executives would come and, and have you know, business lunches and things like that at their restaurants. Mm-hmm. And as a child, I, I guess, um, you know, we were given a lot of responsibility because my parents were working pretty hard in the restaurants. And at eighth grade, my dad said, okay, it's time for you to come work in the restaurants. So I worked from eighth grade through my time actually in college hmm. in the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then you're back at Santa Clara now, but you actually studied at Santa Clara. Um, so what was what was your experience like as a student here? And were there any kind of moments that you still remember from that time? So Santa Clara to me was not my first choice. Um, my dad had seen the power of the network actually in the restaurants. Many of our customers at the restaurant were actually Santa Clara grads. And he had seen the power of the network of how they kind of worked together, supported each other. And he felt really strongly that I needed to go to Santa Clara. So I was a little reluctant to come here. Um, I lived off campus my freshman year, which was quite challenging because everybody lives on campus, at least at that time. And 
Um, so struggled a little bit my freshman year and met some great friends and and really just made the decision that, okay, yes, I'm going to be at this school. I better make the most of it. Um, so I was here as a finance major in the business school and figured out pretty early on, I guess by probably my junior year, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in financial planning and analysis at, at the corporate level. And um, I really credit one of my professors for the class I took just a light bulb went on that that was that was the career for me and so I knew as as soon as I left here exactly what I wanted to do and set out to try to find a job to actually do that hmm mm-hmm. and how was how was that experience of finding a job and working your first couple years out of college so it was a very challenging time when I graduated um, not like the economy is now uh, and so I was blessed to actually get a job um, through on-campus interviewing. We had companies that would actually come on campus and interview. And um, so my first job was actually working at a bank. Um, I was there for about a month and I hated it. Mm. Um, And I had never quit anything in my whole life. And I just decided I have to get out of here. This is not what I thought it is. Mm. And I think partly um, I had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, Watching my parents be entrepreneurs, I had, had kind of seen that growing up. And um, kind of worked, I actually worked temporary for about a year. Mm-hmm. I had interviewed with a Santa Clara grad um, from Lockheed, and mm-hmm. um, he said, come work with us. Mm-hmm. And so I worked for them as, a, as an analyst. They gave me a ton of responsibility very, very early. Mm-hmm. I was probably 22, 23 when I was working there. And I was negotiating, you know, anywhere between five and $20 million contracts. And mm-hmm. I always think... That was a lot of responsibility they gave me for a young age, and twenty million dollars was even worth more than it is now back mm-hmm. then. Um, but loved, loved, loved what I did. I worked on the space station there and um, some missile defense projects as well. Hmm. Probably the smartest people I ever worked with. Um, it gave me a really great understanding of what structure is like in a big company. Um, but it also had me realize that you actually can't change culture and you can't you can't really do a lot of improvements in a large structure like that because mm-hmm. um, they had to they had a lot of people and they couldn't deal with one person saying, hey, this is we need to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I left there and went to a company called Maxim Integrated Products. Um, at that time, I think I don't remember what employee number I was maybe. I don't know, under 500. Um, And they were about a $100 million company. And um, again, was given a lot of responsibility, was running their financial planning and analysis department and um, loved it there. Um, The spirit of the the culture there was that no matter what department you were in, you were responsible for running it and you could make any improvements you wanted. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very entrepreneurial, very competitive, fast paced environment and Mm -hmm. really thrived there. Just absolutely loved it there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of students kind of have that entrepreneurial mindset like you did from growing up, but you you kind of pursued that corporate path, right? So do you think that it's possible for someone with that entrepreneurial spirit to still thrive in like a corporate or a startup environment? Or like, what do you recommend for a student kind of thinking about starting something, but they're not sure if they want to make the jump or if they should pursue something safer? Yeah, I mean, safer is a great word that you <laughs> use. Um, I think... I think nothing's safe, right? I mean, even working in a corporation isn't safe. So I think it's really following what your heart says and really, mm-hmm. really thinking about if you have a really good idea. Um, today, we're so lucky. You can 
you can work at a company, but you can also have like a side gig. So mm-hmm. I, I like the idea just from a security standpoint, when you're first starting and trying to, you need medical benefits, there's a lot of things you need, is to maybe take a job, but also start working on your startup, if, if mm-hmm. that's what you have, if you have that idea. I didn't have an idea, actually, mm-hmm. but I had this entrepreneurial spirit. And I think finding the right culture in a company is really important. So mm-hmm. finding a culture in a company that... Um, allows you to be innovative. Um, we're very blessed here to be in Silicon Valley where innovation is a key, key, mm-hmm. um, I guess, qualification for many companies. And they want you to really be thinking outside the box and really present ideas. Um, so I think I think you can have that opportunity inside a company and you can also have it starting your own company. Mm-hmm. There's a lot mm-hmm. of great examples of students who have started companies right out of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've you've worked for Lockheed and you've gotten the corporate experience. So what what happens next? So I actually um, so during that time I had kids and was married and um, life was moving pretty fast. I would say uh, I was very lucky to have um, parents close by who helped out with the kids, but it was it was challenging. I think being a being a mom and and also working in the corporate field, I actually took a little bit of a track a, a sidestep. Um, I had gotten a little bit sick. Um, um, through my corporate career, I think I, um, I think I worked a little bit too much, I guess, and was balancing too much and didn't, didn't quite take care of myself. Um, so I took a, a year or so off and then, um, worked for a couple startups, but I came back to Santa Clara. Actually, um, we had this program where they would invite people that were fans of Santa Clara, let's just say, mm-hmm. and they had this ambassador program and they would bring you back for a weekend and you would get to meet with the deans and hear what admissions was, what was happening with admissions. So that if you, if anyone asked you about like, how do I apply to Santa Clara? Or what's great about Santa Clara? You were actually educated. And I was sitting next to a woman who was actually in the development department. And she just asked me about myself. And I said, oh, you know, my children are getting older and I feel like I might want to start a new career. Mm-hmm. And she said, you need to meet somebody. I said, okay. And so the woman's name was Linda Allipin, and she was the founder of an organization that was started here at Santa Clara in the business school called the Global Women's Leadership Network. And I met with her, and as soon as I met with her, I was like, I found my tribe. Hmm. Um, And her passion and what she was doing was she really wanted to connect women all over the world who were doing amazing things but needed support and a network and wanted to build out this network and do training. And so I began working with her. One of the things that I realized from my own experience was as an executive, it can be very lonely, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, so your peer group, as you as you rise in the executive team, becomes very small. So the people that you can actually share what's really happening, um, mm-hmm. either challenges that you're having or best practices, there's not a lot of people that you can go to. Your team's mm-hmm. really relying on you to be the visionary for your department maybe or your, your area of expertise. Um, and so for me, this idea of having a global network where women could actually come together, share ideas, um, get support from each other, and um, and really accelerate their leadership mm-hmm. was a super fascinating and um, invigorating opportunity for me to pursue. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So then what'd you do? So I began working with them on um, everything from program management. So really planning, we would have 20 women oftentimes from like, let's say 10, 10 countries come. So very diverse backgrounds. So people mm-hmm. working in politics, people working in um, NGOs around the world, um, some women working in corporations in the US, all different types of people. And we brought what we would call the world in the classroom here onto campus. And so I did everything from, you know, 
building out a team to, to run that program to make sure that they were um, well cared for, that the program was set up right, curriculum design, um, coaching, mm-hmm. you know, all different aspects. We did mm-hmm. some fundraising because we did pay for the women to, to come here and on scholarship. And mm-hmm. so there was mm-hmm. fundraising involved. Um, but I loved it. It's been great. I've actually still been part of that program. Um, I think it's been about 13 years now. Mm-hmm. We have another program actually coming up just in March of this year. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I, I read that you spent a year in Turkey. Is that right? <laughs> so did. what was your experience like there? And did you, I guess, what, what did you discover about yourself and your career and what you wanted to do moving forward? So I, um, I don't do every year, I don't do a, uh, a New Year's resolution, but I pick one word every year and I design my whole year around that word. And um, that year that I went, which was in 2012, uh, was called Freedom. And so for me, it was seeing, I've lived in the Silicon Valley my whole life. I live about a half a mile from my parents. My children Mm -hmm. live in the area. Um, I have a very strong network of people here. Um, But I... I was. I wanted to see what it would be like to live outside of that that comfort of everybody knowing me, um, of, of people already knowing who I am before I even meet them. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's really for me what I really discovered in my time living in Turkey was who was I really, and and mm-hmm. getting more in touch with that. My kids were grown and in college, so I didn't have to worry about you know mothering. I could I could really just be an independent woman living abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, so Turkey for me was ideal. Um, I lived in Istanbul, which is half in the West, half of Istanbul is in Europe, and half is in Asia. Um, I'm, I'm actually, that's actually my heritage is half West, half East. So it was the perfect city for me to live in. Um, and I, I did work there, working with women, uh, running women's programs there. Um, I had clients all around the world. I had clients in Morocco and Kenya and the U.S. So it didn't matter geographically where I lived, um, but I really spent a year exploring the culture exploring who I was in that culture mm. um, and just seeing the world differently. It was, um, you mentioned that you, you um, studied abroad, right? And, and you probably had that experience where you get to see yourself in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really passionate about, about bringing different perspectives to anything you do. And, and so I kind of walk the walk, I guess, or talk that walk the talk by living there. Hmm. And then when you came back afterwards, how was your career different? So when I came back, um, Linda Alipin actually was stepping down from Santa Clara. Okay. She was running the, the, the Global Fellows Program in the Levy School of Business. And she said, do you want to, um, she said, you know, you've been involved with this program for, a, you know, kind of from the beginning. Do you want to take it over? And I said, absolutely. And so I came back to Santa Clara and have been teaching in the business school here, both um, contemporary business issues, running the Global Fellows Program, mm-hmm. um, been involved with conscientious capitalism, mm-hmm. and also with the um, the course Psychology of Leadership. Yeah, so to kind of start with the Global Fellows Program, uh, what is it and why are you so passionate about it? Yeah, so the Global Fellows Program is a global internship opportunity for students. We send about 30 students a summer to go work in a developing country inside of some company. Mm-hmm. Um, and the company, I use that term a little like loosely, so to speak. It could be a small NGO, could be a large corporation, um, but really I'm looking for students to have an opportunity to to take the skills that they have 
developed here at Santa Clara and the through the curriculum and mm-hmm. and take that out into the world and actually practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's run out of the Levy School of Business, but it's multidisciplinary. So I have engineering students, arts and sciences and business students. Mm-hmm. And um, they do everything from some strategic uh, marketing to product development to implementing a project. Um, they do training. They do all different types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about 15 different placements and so the students get to select a placement that seems to align um, with their their needs and will also meet the needs of what that organization is looking for so it's Hmm. kind of a little bit of a matching process to Mm -hmm. to see what those organizations are looking for and each each year there's different projects that come up Um, we have partners that have been with us for many many years um, some as many as 10 years Hmm. yeah wow is there something about working in another country that something about your learning and growth process that you just can't really get, you know, if you, for example, graduated Santa Clara and then stayed in Silicon Valley, like should graduates consider working in another country? So, um, I think it's, I think it's personal choice. I do think it's, I think Mm -hmm. it's a necessity, but, Hmm. um, and I think at Santa Clara, where we're really, really lucky here, where we have so many opportunities for undergraduates to actually have this opportunity to either go abroad or do an immersion or really get a different perspective. Um, I fundamentally believe that I don't care what company you go to, you have to be able to play on the global landscape and you have to understand as a as a fundamental capacity, you have to be able to have cultural intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so whether you, you whether you stay in Silicon Valley or you or you ever go work abroad doesn't really matter, but you have to have the ability to understand how to work with people who are very different than maybe what you came with. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, having worked also with multinational in a multinational com- company or a global company, you have to be able to understand what it's like to go to, to make a request of someone in Japan or in India or, I don't know, in Europe, wherever it is, or Africa, and understand how to make that request in a way that they can hear you mm-hmm. and not have it be made from a U.S.-centric point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the Global Fellows Program really working with students and having them be open when they're going to go to say, mm-hmm. um, I'll give you an example. For me, India is always a, a great example, um, and I travel to India for work a lot. Um, India for me is it's chaos, but it's organized and it works. Mm. And so for me, who am I to say that I, you know, I grew up here in Silicon Valley, that the way that I understand how traffic signals work or how mm-hmm. flow of traffic works is the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, because in India it works. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing trying to cross the street in India, right? It's a very different experience than here where we wait for a green light. Uh, so for me, that's a very simple example, but mm-hmm. I mean that from every perspective of time, um, what people's values are, how do they, um, how do they understand um, how to build a relationship with someone in a foreign country? Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I work with the students who who we pick, and we pick really the best and the brightest <clears throat> to be global global fellows, so we're looking for for kind of the rock stars here at Santa Clara. Um, we're looking for the students that are really the go getters that that are active in leadership on campus. And when they come to me in my office, they have their planner, and oftentimes it's even maybe on paper, but it can be on the computer, and it's completely color coded, and every minute is scheduled. And so then I drop them into, let's say, Bolivia. Mm-hmm. And um, and so they're working for an organization that's maybe a, a ethical, sustainable manufacturer of goods. And, 
you know, a two hour lunch is a really important part of their work process. And the students are frustrated, right? Because they're saying like, well, wait a minute, we could we could be doing more work. And what they don't understand is, is in that culture, taking that time is super valuable. Or in India, where we have to have a chai break at least twice a day. Hmm. And it's not about the chai, it's about the let's go talk and, and get to know one another. Um, that that is a super, super valuable skill. So whether you whether you go work at Facebook or any or Apple or any of the large companies that we have here in Silicon Valley, you must have the ability to understand a global perspective and to be able to see something from somebody else's side in a way that um, that you that you may, you wouldn't understand had you not had that. Hmm. And I think it's I think it's also fundamental to innovation. I think hmm. that's also hmm. what makes Silicon Valley so special is this innovative like willingness to to not just take things as they are, but mm-hmm. to see something new. I think I think that's this idea of now going and seeing a different perspective is actually what leads to innovation. Hmm. Yeah. Does that tie in at all to, I know you've talked some in the past about like global citizenship. Like, is there a way someone can become a better global citizen without going to India? Absolutely. I think, I think it's really understanding what's happening just beyond here. We talk about the Santa Clara bubble a lot, but I think there's also the Silicon Valley bubble. So when you, um, when you ask people questions about what's going on in a certain country or a certain area, um, I think people don't don't take the time to do it, and our news doesn't do a good job of helping helping us with that. So, really reaching beyond what your normal news sources would be, um, going and listening to talks, actually sitting down and talking to someone from another country. We have so many people in our area here who are immigrants and who you could actually go and have a conversation with. Like, what is it like to grow up in Pakistan or India or Bolivia or Cuba. I mean, anything. It's really, I think, I think there's opportunities if you seek it out. Hmm. I think, I think we get a little, I think people get comfortable with what they know and who they know. And typically people talk to people who are like them. Hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think seeking out opportunities who, uh, to, to actually push your boundaries of, of, Maybe I'm not going to go talk to somebody who is from California. Maybe, I'm, and it could be even someone from New York, right? That's mm-hmm. even a different culture in the United States. Hmm. Yeah, you gave a TED talk a couple years ago mm-hmm. about kind of the future of work and how we yeah. can be prepared for it. And I feel like among students, you know, there's a lot of kind of uncertainty, and people wonder, like, will I get a job? Is my degree enough? You know, I hear all these stories that people get degrees and don't get good jobs, and so I don't know what I need to do to be successful in my career. So could you maybe just touch some on that? Like what is the future of work look like and how do we get ready? So for me, the future of work is unknown in some ways. And so I don't think you can, in a, in, at Santa Clara, all the students are like, okay, do I have, what are the right classes to take to get me to this place? And I think you can be responsible and, um, and we have curriculum that's designed for you to be as prepared as possible. Um, what I tell students is, what you're doing now um, or what degree you get will only get you to a certain point. You're going to continue to, you must continue to learn and to um, gain new experiences and also educate yourself. So you might, that might mean going back to grad school. That might be getting a certification. Um, That might be taking some Coursera classes or Mm -hmm. Udemy classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you want to learn a little bit more about programming or maybe you're really interested in uh, green buildings and maybe you want to get a LEED certification. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need to continue to do that. Um, and, and you won't be able to know exactly what the right things are. I think what we do here at Santa Clara really well is educate the whole person. Mm-hmm. So we're looking to build 
build your understanding and capacity to, to critically think, to be competent and to go into any situation and to be able to navigate that, whether or not you had the exact major or not. So I, mm. I always tell students, don't worry so much about the major pick, pick courses that are going to, um, support you. If you're, I mean, I was fortunate enough to know what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. picked a career based on that. But, um, now I'm in a new career that it does not at all relate to what my undergrad experience was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just, I've learned it as I go and you will, you'll learn more things as you go. So just be having that curiosity, that, that, um, kind of learner's mindset, mm-hmm. a growth mindset where you're really thinking about, um, what's new, what's on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. You might want to subscribe to a podcast or something mm-hmm. where people are talking about the more, the really cutting edge technology. Um, there's so much happening right now that we don't, we can't even see or know. Mm-hmm. I also would recommend looking internationally. Um, yes, there's a ton happening here in Silicon Valley, but, um, there's a ton of innovation happening in China and in Africa and all around the world, um, especially I think along the lines of kind of frugal innovation and mm-hmm. solving problems that are not um, not in the traditional sense. And I think mm-hmm. I think being aware of what those things are is going to be really important. Mm-hmm. And 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 continuing to build, right? It's kind of like a stacking game, right? Like you you're going to leave Santa Clara with a certain degree and a certain level of experiences that you've had. And then you're going to go and, and you're going to get your first job, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you may hate it like I did with my first job, but I learned from that job. I learned what I didn't like. I learned what I did like, and I was able to leverage that to the next thing. So mm-hmm. always be thinking about each each job as a stepping stone, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might take a job that maybe isn't your passion. I think mm-hmm. a lot of students get caught up in like, oh, I need it to be my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think you can. I think you can have your passions fulfilled in ways that are not just your job, mm-hmm. and and you can also be thinking, okay, I'm going to just do this for two years because I really need this skill, and I know this particular job will give me that skill, mm-hmm. and have it be a, a stepping stone for your next thing that you want to do. So mm-hmm. always be thinking. Always be thinking a couple years out, and not getting too too bogged down in in the day to day, but really spending some time envisioning. And whatever practice that is, like mine is, I pick a word each year, but some people, mm-hmm. they, they plan, you know, two or three years out, whatever mm-hmm. that is that, that works for you. Yeah. What have a couple other words been from either previous years or this year? So one year I did a year of adventure. So I did everything from like rock climbing to surfing, just trying mm-hmm. all kinds of new things that I had never done before. Um, one year I did a year of creativity, so I wanted to bring more creativity into my life. So I did jewelry making and I, I, um, took guitar lessons and mm-hmm. uh, went to concerts and just went to more art exhibits. And so I kind of, I, I designed my life, you know, really intentionally around that word for that year. Mm-hmm. And the word seems to come to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that is, but it's somehow it comes to me. Uh, this year, my word is, uh, it's actually to wonder and discovery. Mm. I feel like I'm on the verge again of another pivot, another change. And I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm um, out there kind of looking at new things and with a state of wonder and discovery to see mm. what might show up and what might what might be my next thing. Mm. I don't know what it's going to be. Interesting. It's it's so funny you say that. I actually do a similar thing with the words. And last yeah. last year in 2018, my word was wonder, both in, ah. both in the sense of like asking a question and a sense of awe. Right. But yeah. that's, that's and what funny, did you learn from it? It's a funny coincidence. Um, I don't know. I think part of it was about trying to 
appreciate uh, small things in life that I might often like look over or try to get out into nature and um, just like take time to slow down and then also just really like uh, practice asking questions and being curious so yeah that's that, that was my that was thank my you. reasoning. But. Yeah, thank you for that. No, <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing a lot of listening, right? And like you okay. said, asking questions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I always, I think at my age, I had a student say to me, like, "Oh, I'm afraid to ask for someone like you, like, to be my mentor because what are you going to get out of it?" And I, mm-hmm. and I always think, at any age, you can always you can learn so much, right? Mm-hmm. You can, and just by asking questions and really listening. Mm-hmm. I, that's I love the students here at Santa Clara. I feel. I feel so honored to actually be um, a professor here. I feel like we really get the best students and I have no doubt that the world is going to be saved because of the fact Hmm. the students here. I mean, I just, you guys are all so strong and um, really take things seriously and and are the leaders of our future. Hmm. Yeah. You at, at this point in your career have so many opportunities and you've obviously said yes to a lot of them because you're, you know, on like 10 different boards or whatever and have so many different involvements. But like, how do you make decisions about how to spend your time or about what's like important to focus on? Or you, like you said, you're in a process of kind of like discovery. And so what is, I don't know, how does that look for you? So I am involved in a lot of things and I have a huge global network. And so it does make it a little challenging sometimes and trying to decide when do you say yes and when do you say no. Um, So what I have done is I've picked three words that I think that I use to discern opportunities. So when an opportunity comes to me, I think, will this will this speak to kind of who I think I am? And my three words are global. So I like to do anything that has a global perspective. Um, anything that has community involvement. I don't like to work alone. I like to be surrounded by people who who challenge me and who I can kind of partner with. And then the last is leadership. So anything that either uh, advances leadership in others or advances my leadership or I, I like the idea of like conscientious leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Is kind of advancing, advancing that in the world. I'm I'm on board. So for me, like the Global Fellows Program is a home run, right? Mm-hmm. I, I get all three in that. I mean, I have a global perspective. Um, I work with an amazing group of students and partners around the world, and it's all about leadership. Like, who? What's a leadership development for our students? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's like a home run. It's easy to mm-hmm. do that. Um, and sometimes I get maybe two of those. I don't get all three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I do work with um, entrepreneurs here in the Silicon Valley, but I do that kind of in in kind of startup lab kind of environments. So mm-hmm. it's community and there's leadership involved in that. Sometimes global, not always global, um, but that's kind of the way that I choose to do it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've been doing the last couple of years and is is including myself in that conversation. So making sure that there's enough time for myself and Mm -hmm. I'm really thinking about Mm self-care. So how do I stay healthy so that um, I can be the best that I can be and be of service in the world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said earlier that you think you'll be working for the rest of your life. So I guess, what do you think that future career is going to look like? Or do you have any ideas of things that you'd like to explore that you maybe haven't yet? Um, like it seems like you're doing I, a lot of things you really enjoy. Yeah, right I now. love it. It's, it's really good. So I want to live to be a hundred, and I want to live to be a very vibrant hundred. And so I don't know exactly, you know, what that's going to look like, especially in the '90s, let's say. Um, but I, I think I have a lot of really good role models for what that looks like. Um, so people in their late '70s who are leading organizations or doing things on a maybe not on a grand scale, but but are still participating in society. You asked me about the future of work. I don't think that you can miss a miss a blip 
kind of thing. I think things are moving so fast that you have to stay abreast of things. So I don't know exactly what it's going to be. And like this year for my wonder and discovery, I feel Mm -hmm. like I may get a sense for that. I feel like I'm, I usually run in seven year cycles. And so I feel like I'm in a seven year cycle. I've been at Santa Clara now for seven years. And so I'm not necessarily going to leave, but kind of I'm reevaluating again and kind of what might that look like? Or can I spin can I build like exactly what I told you that I, I, re- I recommend to students? How can I take what I've already done and leverage that for the next thing? Mm. Um, I'm also really interested in um, health and um, have been studying Ayurvedic um, kind of, I would say, healing modality as so everything from health and kind of what does that all mean and kind of mind body mm. connection. And so I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what, what shows up. Yeah, I'll, you got to come back to me in a year. We'll talk again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah. Well, I'd love to ask a couple of shorter questions yeah. to wrap up here. So first, if you could give um, a piece of advice to a first year student just coming into Santa Clara, what would you want to say? Okay, so I teach freshman business students. Okay, yeah. And the first day of class, the, the line that I use with every student <laughs> is, I stand up there and I say, please be very, very greedy with your education here at Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. It's extremely expensive to go to school here, um, and there are a wealth of opportunities. You will never in your life have the access to opportunities that you do here. So meet every professor, get to know your professors, get involved with whatever your passion is, and maybe step outside a little bit and try something that you didn't try in high school, but try something new. Um, Try to look for leadership opportunities, look for global opportunities that we have on campus. Um, just do as much as you can to really, really set the foundation for who you're going to be in your adult life. I think it's mm-hmm. a really pivotal time in their life. Um, and, and being here at Santa Clara is is a luxury. Um, mm-hmm. There's only, I don't know, maybe 3 or 4% of the world has the experience that our students do have here, where you're going to college and you're living in residence. It's a very small percentage of of the whole world that gets access to Mm. that. So to really be present to that and take advantage of it. Yeah. Are there any uh, books or resources that you uh, recommend to students on? uh, It could be either more business specific or generally about um, learning about yourself or it could be also like like a magazine or an online news source, I guess. But I don't know if there's any books that you often recommend. In Conscientious Capitalism right now, we're using the book Discover Your True North. Hmm. I find that to be a really good book. It gives really good real-world examples of, of people that have been successful and kind of how they've found their passion and and, and found a way to, to take that out into the world in the work mm-hmm. that they do. Um, and, and also examples of where they've struggled and kind of how they've had to reach out to other people. So it's I think that's a nice book to read. Mm-hmm. Um so books like that, I think, are helpful where you're not sure. Um, we have classes here on campus like Science of Happiness. There's a, there's a lot of, I think, also thinking about your, you know, your classes when you're choosing electives as a way to, um, to really enhance, I guess, not just your, the skills you're going to get, but also who you're going to be as a human being. Mm. Thinking about the ELSJ that you choose. You know, what is it that I'm really passionate about or the pathway that you choose? Mm -hmm. Really thinking about it, not just randomly picking something, but really going and researching it, Mm -hmm. maybe talking to some people about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this might be a hard question because you've had such a global career, but are are there any favorite uh, destinations or locations that you've traveled to? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I loved Istanbul. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's a very special, special place. Um, I really love India. Hmm. I I like the the people are so warm, um, and it's this. I mean, I think that's this dichotomy a little bit of um, kind of like I talked about, like where there's chaos, but but there's such beauty in in the way things are run. Um, it's super colorful. Uh, the food is fantastic. The the people are warm. It's yeah. It's and there's so much to see there. I don't know. I, I, there's so many places I haven't been that I still mm -hmm. want to see. I think I've been to about 30 countries, wow. um, but yeah, there's still places I still want to go to it. Mm -hmm. And I think, and even in the United States, I think I've only I have never been to the major cities of the United States. I've mm -hmm. never been to Boston or uh, New Orleans or mm -hmm. Chicago. So there's so many places to see. And for me, I feel really alive when I'm in a different, a place outside of my home. Mm -hmm. For me, I see myself in a way that I don't see myself when I'm at home. Mm. So living in Turkey for me was really interesting. I did not speak Turkish. Mm. And it required that I had very heightened senses. So everything that I would visually see, my listening, sound, the taste, the smells were very, very heightened mm. because I couldn't speak the language. Mm. I couldn't rely on what's most easy for me, mm. which is talking. So for me, it's being in another country where I have to actually navigate through a world in a way that's not the way I would normally do it for me makes me feel very alive. Yeah. If you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? Mine would be on global harmony is to really see how we're more alike than we are different. We spend a lot of time differentiating ourselves or fighting for what we believe in um, oftentimes at the detriment of other people or other countries and even ourselves, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think if people could, could listen more, could have a different perspective and not be so attached to what you, what you believe is right. Hmm. Yeah. And finally, what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? Ideal Saturday is sleeping in a little bit. <laughs> um, and then I love to be out in nature. So maybe mm -hmm. going for a run or a hike or a mountain bike or playing golf. Um, and then maybe resting a little bit in the afternoon mm -hmm. even. And then being out with friends or family. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that rest would be well-deserved. So yeah. Thanks for joining me for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. You can subscribe to Voices of Santa Clara on the iTunes podcast app. You can visit VoicesOfSantaClara.com for interview transcripts, and you can like the Facebook page. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the music. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day.